What's up, guys, and welcome to Bachelor Pad Podcast, where two bachelors who've never really watched ABC's The Bachelor before sit down to review episodes right after they air. My name's Tyler. I'm here with one of my best friends in the world, Scott. Hey, what is up, Ty? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's been so long. Like, I feel rusty. I don't remember how to do this anymore. <laughs> Isn't it only been a couple weeks? No, dude. It's been like, seriously, it's been almost a year. No. Yeah. You mean because it's 2021 now? No, like where have you, like a whole year has gone by since uh, Tasha's season. No. Yeah, dude. Where have you, have you been, like, did you slip into a mild coma? Maybe, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had, uh, we had like what, like one week off essentially? Yeah, we had a, basically a week off and then we had Christmas and then we're I, back. I think though it was like, wasn't Tasha's episode like, uh, the week of Christmas, I think it was. I think Christmas. I think we. It was, were, I think yeah. we aired on Wednesday, so we and one, that we had one week without an episode. Yeah, yeah. But we're back. We are back, but it's all for you guys. It's it's all for the geckos out there. We do it for you. Uh, so yeah, we we actually continued a little bit of a tradition tonight too. Yeah, we did. So our first ever uh, bachelor viewing experience uh was was a year ago that for real was about a year ago yeah that was about a year ago with uh our dear friend uh that i hope to never meet again peter pilot pete and uh we decided that night it was like okay well we're starting our first podcast you know we're we're watching the bachelor we have an episode tonight and so we decided to crack open a bottle of wine and hand make uh pizza mm-hmm. homemade pizza and so we continued that tradition tonight. We did. We made some more pizza and we cracked open another bottle of wine. It was a pretty good bottle too. It was nice. So we may be bachelors, but we're bougie. Yeah, because we make homemade pizza and drink wine <laughs> while we watch The Bachelor. Not every week. I mean, sometimes we literally just like buy Domino's pizza or whatever, but. I don't think we've ever bought Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> It's Papa John's, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Papa John's sounds too classy and too, uh, I think, racist. Oh, just because of Papa, Papa John. Papa John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, this episode's brought to you by Papa John's Pizza. <laughs> Scott, how many times have I told you our sponsor is Domino's? Oh, <laughs> well, we not get paid if we mention their competitor. Too I much. think they take money from us if we oh, they find us. <laughs> yeah. If we mention Papa John's. Yeah. Papa John's, Papa John's. <laughs> move us, move us, move us. <laughs> I like how I laugh like the hyena <laughs> at, at that sound. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. So we jumped into tonight. Uh, we know very little about Matt James, but thankfully for the first time ever, you and I are on the same page with the rest of the world. Yeah. I, I mean, once again, this is very normal to me because it's like, who is this person? But apparently other people at this point don't know who he is either. <laughs> so it feels the same to me. Yeah. Except for now, I might not be able to ask, uh, our friend Jeremy for advice on about someone's backstory, but he, He's like roommates with another bachelor person, right? Like Tyler C. Yeah, I think I don't know who. Who's friends with right. uh, Hannah Brown, I believe. Okay, got it. Sure. Um, <laughs> I think he was a contestant. the The roommate was. Anyways, I don't really know. Uh, Geckos out there, if you know who he is, feel free to to send us an email at hello at batchpadpodcast dot com and give us all the updates on 
and correct us on all the things that we're saying wrong. Yeah. But he's a 28-year-old real estate broker, uh, entrepreneur, and community organization founder. And that community organization, it seems like it's it's getting kids fit and engaged and, you know, who might otherwise be spending a lot of times not without without good influence in their lives yeah it seemed like he was just getting them introduced to things that they wouldn't normally get to do in their normal lives important good things yeah and uh interestingly i'd read online like earlier um just while we were watching the episode i went to look something up about him and i had read that he was actually initially supposed to be on this last season of the bachelorette Oh, really? He was supposed to be one of the contestants. He was supposed to be one of the contestants. And then COVID happened. And then that totally like threw a grenade into everything that The Bachelor and Bachelorette was doing. And then through that whole process and asking Claire to come on, um, they decided they made the decision to pivot. And rather than having him just as a contestant to have him be the bachelor for this new season. He must've made an impression on some people. I think so. I mean, he definitely, I, he seems to me like he's the, like the real deal. Yeah. I, I'm excited for this season, uh, because I think it's going to follow in the line of, uh, the bachelorette. So like comparing Tasha to Claire, I think was a big difference, even though it was the same season. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think comparing now, uh, Matt to Peter, we're going to see a big jump too. Oh yeah, I think so. Uh, but he lives in New York city now, uh, is, is really involved, uh, in, you know, just sort of encouraging wellness for people like mm -hmm. physical, emotional, mental wellness, spiritual. It seems like, yeah, he opened up with a prayer with all the ladies there. Yeah. How do you think the ladies felt? Well, I want to jump into that in just a second, okay. but uh, I just want to give a couple other like interesting, like, you know, just things about Matt that I don't think came up in the, the little, you know, intro to him that we got that I, that I think is interesting. Tell me more. Uh, he, we heard that he's from North Carolina. I thought he was from New York. Well, he's a, he's lives in New York now, but he's originally, oh, but originally from, from North, North Carolina. Carolina. That's why he was making the connection with the other North Carolina girl. Yes, got it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I the, I don't think they talked about this. He uh, played wide receiver in college and went on to play professional football, according to ABC.com. Huh. And so I don't know if he probably didn't like. I wonder if they consider like practice squad. Yeah, I would imagine so. Okay. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's what I would guess is that he was doing. He was like the third string kicker. Right. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't look like he a doesn't kicker. look like a kicker. No. And and I mean in in uh, college he he wasn't a kicker. He was a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So uh, usually it's soccer players that become third string kickers. That's true. First string kickers. <laughs> For, yeah. <laughs> but apparently he's really tall too. Chris Harrison. Oh definitely yeah. Remarked on how tall he was. Yeah. Chris Harrison looking like a real short King compared to Matt James. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, no, he, I will, we'll jump back into what you're saying. He opened with that prayer. It really caught me off guard. It really caught me off guard too, because we were both kind of, we had seen the previews leading up to this season and we even mentioned it in our last episode of the bachelorette, how this whole season from the previews kind of looked like it was going to be pilot Pete 2.0. Yeah. Like a, just a big mess. And so to see him come in one nervous and like ask Chris to sit down. Yeah. Like, Hey, like I'm, 
kind of unsure about some things. I'd love your like opinion, like seeking advice and then go into like, Hey guys, I just want to start with just praying. So you guys all just want to bow your heads. I was like, Oh dang. Yeah. Which at first it was like, okay, you know, and then that was a prayer, man. Yeah. He was like legit quoting Bible verses in the prayer. I, like, cause I was like, okay, whatever. Like he's like doing the whole religious thing. Uh, but he was like, no, he knows his Bible at least a little bit. Yeah. So I was impressed by it. Like I, like it made it really seem like not something that was planned or scripted, but something that is actually genuinely important to him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought it was cool too. Uh, and I thought it was funny. We were joking about it before, but in his one-on-one, Chris was like saying things to him about like what he needs to be looking for in like someone he's connecting with. He said, "My the hope is that you walk away with love, joy, peace." <laughs> and then I started rattling off all the other <laughs> fruits of Patience, the spirit: patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. <laughs> Oh man. But I, I thought that in his conversation with Chris and then in his, uh, little speech after the prayer, uh, his sort of introduction to really all the women, all the women had already introduced themselves to him, but Mm -hmm. this was his introduction to them. He prays and then is like shockingly vulnerable. I don't remember. What was he vulnerable about? Well, I mean, he was just saying, like, you know, I struggle deeply with with being vulnerable, and it's because most of my life I have, you know, tried to be the perfect guy, but I'm not. Mm. And, uh, you know, like, just kind of went into that. But it was very heartfelt. Like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, I have an eating disorder type vulnerability, but it was very real and it was very transparent and it was, it was him communicating very honestly with them. More like a mature vulnerability. Yeah. Not not like a, I'm vulnerable with this like dark past. No, not oversharing or yeah. Inappropriately sharing. He knows himself a little bit and was sharing that with him. Yeah, I get that. And I thought he was with Chris as well when he said, you know, uh, that it was, and, and I, I saw in his eyes, like vulnerability, realness, authenticity, unguardedness in talking with Chris about like, I'm really scared of expectations that I'm, that I'm putting on oh, myself yeah. with being the first, with being the first black bachelor. Yep. And, uh, but uh, man, like he was so real. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm super impressed with this guy. And I couldn't imagine too just the stresses that do come with that. Cause I, I never really thought about it, but it's like, okay, so he has, um, viewers that are black who want him to end up with a certain type of person. And then he has viewers who are white or any other race that want them to end up with a different type of person. And so he's f- wanting to like make everyone happy. He seems a little bit like a people pleaser. A little bit, which yeah. Which might be a little bit of uh, maybe a weak point for him going yeah. into this season. We'll have to look and find out. But yeah, it seems like he has a lot of pressure on him. Oh, yeah. But but I think he's... Self-felt pressure. Self-felt though. pressure. And yeah. I think he identifies that he's putting it on himself. Mm-hmm. Um. But I do imagine that some of it really is there. Maybe not in the people that he talks to or the people that he knows, but in America, I'm sure there. I'm sure that what he's expressing is real for some people. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, and how would you feel if you were one of the girls 
Um, sorry, this is going back to no, yeah, I'm yeah. totally changing subjects. <laughs> uh, if you were one of the girls, you weren't like a Christian and that's how he started the night. Like, does that pull you out? Does that make you want to just like fake it? Like how, what kind of frame of mind does that put you in? One of my, uh, one of our friends, Zach, who was on this, he, when, when Scott was gone for a week last year, it was like the third or fourth week or something like that of Peter season. Uh, we had a, a guest come in and fill in with me named Zach and, uh, he's been watching, uh, he watched all of Tasha's season. He's been watching, uh, you know, tonight, uh, so shout out Zach, but, uh, he shot me a text in the middle of the episode and it was like a meme and it was, uh, all of the girls on the bachelor right now. And it was just this meme that said, I'm going to pretend I love Jesus right now. <laughs> and, uh, I definitely felt that a little bit. Um, how I would respond I, to me, if I wasn't particularly religious, that would be a clearinghouse for me where I would be like, Oh, okay. This probably isn't going to work. Yeah. Would you, um, give it a shot or would you just kind of like bow out? I would bow out. I mean, you know, if I, if I was not, if I, if, if I, you were legitimately seeking a relationship and right, not just, right. A, and like not some just type of fame or something. Yeah. A bachelor bump mm -hmm. in my Instagram following. Um, if I was really seeking a relationship and I'm not religious, that is a huge indicator. He's starting this thing off with a prayer. Like, all right, we, I haven't really talked to this dude yet. And that's his first impression with me. Mm -hmm. If I'm not religious, if I don't share the same faith that he has, I'm, I'm going to put some walls up. I mean, I'm not going to, I may not like walk out the door kind of a thing, but I'm also not going to open up to him. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to try very hard. And, you know, so I guess I would give it a go in that I'm on this television show and it's really not my place to leave. Like you can, and like, you know, you absolutely can, but it's not my place to leave. It's my place to be sent home. It could also be, uh, be just a turning point. Like maybe they were there originally for a relationship and that was the identifier of like, Oh, okay. This, re this relationship definitely is not going to work, but I can still maybe use this time to boost my following. Boost my following also have a killer vacation outside of Pittsburgh in this amazing mansion. Thing. Like it looks like a palace chateau. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, they're in a chateau. Uh, Tyler, have you ever been to a chateau? <laughs> I've never been to Wait, a chateau. I have been to a chateau one time before. What it was in like a Europe trip. It was or? in Europe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, when I was a teenager, my family took a trip to Italy and my mom is like, she does not mess around with hotels. She doesn't believe in hotels and hasn't since like pretty much my entire time growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, before Airbnb, there was VRBO. None of these people are sponsoring us, but you know, VRBO is the thing and Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, and so she would always, when we go on trips, she would just rent houses like okay. people's like Airbnb. Yeah. But this is way before this is before smartphones. And, uh, and so we like ended up renting a chateau. It wasn't 
anything like this. This like 58 bedroom no. like chateau. No. But it was like from the 1700s or something like that. Because this like, seems like there's a lot of rooms in it, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and I looked it up because we were both. I, I thought it was going to be in upstate New York. It looked to me like it was like in the Hamptons. Uh-huh. And you said that looks like Pennsylvania. Yeah, the forest did. And you nailed it. Yeah, I guess I was right. Is <laughs> in Farmington, Pennsylvania, just outside of uh, Pittsburgh. Um, but they have like, th- it's a 2,000 acre estate. That's a big lot. You could do a lot of things <laughs> on 2,000 acres. Lots of dates. Dare I say dates with like 32 women. Um, I wonder if they have um, like, is this like a normal vacation spot or like what is this like privately owned? Do you know? It's a hotel. Okay, so it is something that people go to on a regular basis outside of this. Yeah, they just usually don't get the entire thing. Totally. Yeah. So they they probably have like built in like uh, entertainment there then. Oh, yeah. I was reading. I, I It was like in the middle of the episode, so I didn't get all the way down, but they have like an archery range, an equestrian center. Uh, like they have. So we're going to see some dates. <laughs> we're going to see some all on the, dates. Got it. So. So there's probably going to be an archery date. There's going to be a horse date. What else do they have? I'm sure they have a lake. It looks this like they have some a lake. kind of a lake. <laughs> if there's any kind of a mountain around there, then maybe there's rock climbing or a zip line. And there's definitely a super cool outdoor fireplace that we see at one point in the yeah. middle of the woods. Maybe a ropes course. <laughs> what is this camp? Trust falls with each other. Into- hey, you know. I've only seen now two seasons, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure both of them had some kind of like trust fall type thing. <laughs> well, uh, this is the second time apparently that the franchise has been to this uh, chateau, uh, to this resort. Um, Jojo Fletcher, who we got oh, to who meet. We met, uh, yeah, in uh, uh, Tasha's part of the season. Yeah, yeah. She took over for Chris for a little bit uh, last this past season. And she, uh, her season was here as well. Oh, her whole season. Her was whole there. season was here. Was a uh, bachelor mansion, not a thing yet at that point or. What, I don't know. I think there? it was, I don't know exactly why they made a switch. I just read online that it was the second, second season of the bachelor to, to be here. Mm. Um, but, uh, they've been at bachelor mansion since like 2007, I guess. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Long time. Yeah. And uh, like most of the series, basically. Is the reason they didn't do it at Bachelor Mansion just because it is just like a small area and there's you can, there was no dates they could do on the premises? Yeah, I think it was no dates that they could do on the premises. Like uh, area-wise, it's small, not on a ton of property. Mm-hmm. Like they would kind of be confined to the house. And then I think as well, uh, it's just not, like there's not really a super isolated way to have uh, like the Bachelor Bachelorette there because it's just the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and it seems like the women on in this season, the women are in uh, one of the hotels mm-hmm. on this property. And one of them said something about a roommate. I imagine they had enough rooms for them all to have their own, but they're still going to make them bunk together. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Although I guess they probably have to have rooms for all the crew and all that yeah, too. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
I imagine, like, I, I was watching, uh, this has nothing to do with Bachelor, but I just thought it was interesting. I was watching um, this last season of The Great British Baking Show, uh-huh. which is fantastic, by the way. Never watched it. I super highly recommend. I loved it. Is that like the the cupcake British Bake Off thing? Uh, not just cupcakes. They bake everything. Like they they go through all. What's kinds the of cupcake stuff. thing? I'm thinking of. cupcake that? wars. Oh, I maybe. don't know. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, anyway, uh, at the end, they were <laughs> they released a season during quarantine as well. And uh, but at the end, like normally, I guess families would come for the finale. Um, but they couldn't do that. And so they were like, oh, yeah. So we invited all the people that made this happen. And there's still crew that's like producing the show. But it was 100 people outside of the camera crew. Oh, wow. For this baking show. Yeah. So I imagine that Bachelor probably has. Took an, up every room. In upwards of 150, you know, uh, staff. Totally. That are. uh that are working to make just all the servers, the camera crew, the editing team. Oh yeah. Producers, prop people. And then all of the, uh, makeup hair. Yep. And then all of the, the people that are like all the chefs, all the Mm -hmm. bartenders, they all have to be in the bubble as well for this. Yep. And so everybody like, you know, it, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I would imagine that it's yeah in, in upwards of a hundred to 200 people that are pulling this off outside of the people we see on camera. Yeah. I never thought about that. I guess that's where all the rooms are. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sorry. You guys have to share. Well, and part of it is like, not all of you guys stay here this whole time. So that's true. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Maybe like seven of you will be eliminated tonight. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but anyway, Matt, gets to meet a lot of these women and some of them really stood out to us both good and bad oh totally so who is uh who is like your favorite person so far my favorite person hmm i would say the person who stood out to me first was the very the the second person that got introduced um it was the uh, i mean it was only the second person introduced but it was the first person that it seemed like matt really like i just the way he looked at her like made it seem like he was very interested uh, her name was uh, was that Rachel? Rachel, Rachel. Yep. Um, so I think she she'll go far. Um, obviously, Abigail getting the first rose, first impression rose. I think she'll be on for a while. First rose and first kiss, and the first kiss of the season. Yeah, and I'm really curious. I did zero work. I could have just Googled this, but I would imagine probably the first deaf participant on The Bachelor. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I mean, I've only seen three, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know of any other deaf participants. But that would be, I mean, I thought it was very neat. Uh, neat sounds trivial. Um, I thought it was really cool how uh, not only did the producers say, that's not going to be a problem for this show, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, but uh, so not only did they cast her, but just how, um uh casual in a good way she is about that yeah i really appreciated her uh vulnerability with just like bringing it up in such a way that it's not like intrusive but also very like hey this is me this is just a thing i have going on with me very make she made light uh made a heavy subject light i think yeah right um in the way that she talks about it and just has a great uh presence about her i think that uh 
obviously with the first impression rose like is going to make an impact on him oh yeah and i thought it was really cool i liked hearing a little bit more of her story that uh she that her older sister who's several years older than her is also had a similar thing yeah and uh like she just was able to like follow her sister in that and like obviously not only does her sister clearly mean a lot to her, but like Matt jumped in with that. Like, mm-hmm. what did she think about you coming on the show? Like, you know, uh, like, you know, really seemed to like truly want to get to know her in that limited amount of time. Totally. Uh, a couple other ones that stood out to me was, uh, Serena. Um, she was the one who had the date with the chessboard. Um, I think that was Serena P. P. Yes, not C. I think C is the other one. C is, uh, she looks like maybe Polynesian, and Serena P looks maybe like mixed race, half black. Yeah, it was Serena P. Uh, He seemed to really like her and connect with her. I saw them laugh and exchange some things. Yeah. uh, Which indicated to me that I think she'll go far. Um, I really think that he connected with Sarah, uh who was uh she was like a publisher what what did she do no uh, sarah i i feel so split about sarah because you pointed out like as soon as like they introduced her you were like oh this is your girl you said that to me Uh and uh she is a broadcast journalist oh that's what it was uh so she uh and she was she did local news for uh palm springs i think they're Fox affiliate in or no maybe NBC affiliate in Palm Springs and uh you know obviously I worked in Palm Springs California for a while my parents live there uh and you know my mom talks all the time about watching Palm Springs news because here in in Riverside California we get uh LA's local channels Mm mm-hmm Uh, But Palm Springs has their own. And so she was a broadcast journalist there for a while. Uh, But she is from, and I think it sounded like living back in San Diego with her family. Mm. Her father has uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, And so she moved back home to kind of be with her family and help, you know, help out around the house Mm -hmm. kind of a thing and help, you know, be a support to them. And I, I think I like her personality. Um, I obviously love, I'm obsessed with broadcast journalism, so you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> uh, but I I don't know, like physically, I wasn't, like she, she, I wasn't most attracted to her out of all the women physically. Mm. Um, but I was just thinking with the broadcast journalism and then also she had like chosen to like leave her career for able to stay home to take care of her dad with ALS. Right. I was like, okay, this is a woman who cares about family. Oh yeah. Uh, she's willing to like give up career to like take care of family. She's obviously just a high helper. Like I was like, okay, this, oh, yeah. is, this is a person that Tyler would like highly appreciate. Oh yeah. And I think I will. Um, I think it was, you know, obviously early days, it's tough to, it's tough for us to get to know these women and it doesn't seem like Matt gets to spend much more time with them than we do, than we do uh, at this uh, point. We might actually get more <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because we, we got to meet some of the ladies that he didn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we get to see them interact with each other, which tonight he, he doesn't. Yeah um oh there was one more um what was her name it was the one in the green dress oh uh brie brie i don't remember why she stood out to us but we both said that we thought 
she was going to go somewhere. Do you remember what happened with her? No, not in particular. So maybe she won't go as far as we thought because we don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not in particular. But, I mean, I definitely, uh, I liked Abigail quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like Sarah. My favorite, though, by far, my number one at this point is Rachel. Yeah, I, and I don't know if I don't know if Matt's going to connect with her super well or not yet, but she connected with him a ton. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as he finished his prayer, the camera like showed her, and she was like very much tearing up. Mm-hmm. Like that obviously meant a lot to her, and in their one-on-one time that they they got. She was honest with her. She was telling him like, I'm never vulnerable, Mm. especially at first impressions because like being vulnerable hasn't worked out well for me. Um, But that's self-awareness. And so I think he'll like that. uh, But I, I have a, I have a strong feeling that uh, she was really blown away and pleasantly surprised by him. Mm. Oh, Uh, I remember what it was with Brie as well it was uh she had told the story of how uh her parents split up right as soon as she was born and it was very similar to his story yeah and how they were both raised by these single moms uh and i think that he connected with her and we saw kind of tears in his eyes oh yeah with with that conversation yeah her mother was polynesian her dad was was black and uh he was not a part of the picture her whole life Mm mm-hmm and, um, yeah, he did get choked up. I, I didn't notice it until you said it. Um, but when they were getting up and saying goodbye, like he, he definitely, he, he definitely yeah, connected that meant with something her. To her. So I think those would be my top five right now. And then we had a couple that stood out to each of us as like, oh boy, like this is going to be interesting. Like Victoria. Well, let's, let's work our way <laughs> up to Victoria. Uh, one of them for me was Anna. Oh yeah, you didn't like her. Yeah, she. Uh, first of all, this is very superficial, but you know, this early in the game, that's all. That's all Matt has to go off as well is like superficial uh, impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one of the things that like bothered me was that she is, and and she owns it that like her personality is like bubblicious. Oh, just like the super high, way over the top. Yeah, that's a that's a personality that I you've always kind of struggled with too, isn't it? I really do. I really do. And and I think that, you know, when and I think it's true when I meet men, but I think it might be more true with women. Huh. When I like because obviously it's the opposite sex and I'm looking a little more like, "Oh, can we be friends?" I'm looking like at every woman that I meet, you know, part of me in the back of my head is like, are you someone I would be interested in totally romantically? Uh, and so it really like it, it, I, I just have a hard time with it. Uh, and she is really over the top. I think part of it for me, if I'm honest, and this is no offense to anyone who is, has a very bubbly, lively personality. It's just my personal, you know, my Perfect. personal yeah. preference kind of a thing. Um, but for me personally, I have to, like when I am in a new social situation and I feel the pressure to be on, I can turn it on for a short period of time and it's super like fake for me. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think I just see that in people like not just averagely like enthusiastic bubbly people, but people that are like what I would say, like Anna is way over the top. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no way that she's normally that, that she's normally like at that level at that level. Uh, because like, I'm thinking about like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're getting ready. Are you really like that? You're in a meeting at work that isn't going your way. Are you really like that? Like, you know, uh, like most of our lives are not at a resort thrilling. (laughs) (laughs) Most of our lives are mundane and in the, the mundanacity, I just coined that word for you geckos out there. Yeah. If you tweet at us with hashtag mundanacity, <laughs> we will send you a gift card. You have to spell it right, and I'm not going to tell you what's right. Yep. <laughs> and we're not going to say what our Twitter handle is. Either. <laughs> You're going to have to figure that out. You have to go back and listen to a previous episode. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, uh, she she rubbed me the wrong way, but then even like especially during the rose ceremony, where she's just like, if I don't get a rose, like I'll, I'll be destroyed. And it's like, you just met the guy. Like, is it really going to be the end of the world? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, if maybe she meant it like personally, relationally, because we even talked about this a little bit. Like, I'm sure there's a huge buildup of like coming onto the show and you get there. And even especially now where you're having to quarantine for weeks and multiple COVID tests and, going through all this stuff and then to just like get already this huge buildup, make it onto the show, not even really get a chance to meet him or talk with him and then get eliminated. Like that would be, I think a little devastating. Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, she, <laughs> I was talking to a friend the other day who's a couple years younger than me uh-huh. and it was just so funny. Like he's in the military and uh, he was talking about, like new recruits into the military that he's like training. And, uh, and he was like it, like the level of enthusiasm that these people have bothers me. Like, why are you so bright eyed and bushy tailed? Don't you know that everything sucks? Like (laughs) that's like, I think that's what I'm feeling is it's Mm. like, why are you so bright eyed and bushy tailed? Don't you know that this is an awful process that you're probably going to be heartbroken, heartbroken or disappointed or, you know, in some dramatic like drama triangle or like, don't you know that this sucks? Like, like, like have some realism. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not the most ideal circumstance to meet a potential partner in. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Oh yeah. I met um, my girlfriend while she was dating 29 other guys. (laughs) Like that wouldn't be great. So then the other one that I wanted to, to chat about that I, I wasn't sure about was Kit. Kit. Oh, yeah. Kit Keenan. Yeah. Kit Keenan, uh, 21 years old, uh-huh. uh, fashion entrepreneur from New York, New York. Yep. Mom is famous for something else. Is I, it fashion, uh, fashion well? I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fashion, I think. Uh, and her dad, I think, was an artist of some kind. Got it. Um. But I don't know how I feel about her. Like, she just seemed very kind of actually the opposite of Anna. Like, like too dreadful. Like, I was, like, like looking desperately for personality. Mm. Like, have any kind of, you know. She showed a little bit of personality when Victoria got a rose. 
<laughs> her facial expressions. <laughs> no, I think she showed facial expressions. It was just so she she just felt sterile to me. Mm. You know, like not emotionless, just like RBF a little bit and just sterile. And she reminds me of an actress. I'm trying to. I don't remember her name. She's in that new Netflix show about like the Queen's something. Oh, uh, the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, she it, was in Split. Uh, it, uh, like the main character from Split. I don't remember that actress's name, but she reminds me a lot of her just in like her facial features for some reason. It's uh, um, Anya Taylor Joy. Yes. She looks so much like they look identical to each other. <laughs> like it's, so it's, I'm not crazy for no, for making you're, that connection. you're not crazy at all. Like, uh, I'm going to take a second and show Scott. You guys can yeah. all take a second. That that's kid or that's that Anya, okay. Anya Taylor joy. And here is a picture of kit, uh, right here. Oh yeah. They're very similar. Yeah. That's the same yeah. person. Yeah. It might be the same person. Maybe it know. is. Maybe it's a stage name. So I hope you guys took that opportunity to, to go take a look because that's that's exactly who that is. Kit is just a pseudonym for Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, and if you guys need more time, we can take a two-hour break for Ben. Starting now. It had been so long since we'd had one of those. Yeah, it was it was great, but you'll you'll edit out that long. Oh yeah, again. it'll it'll okay. be just a couple of seconds cool. in the in the edit. But I feel a lot more prepared to continue talking. Continue about this, this conversation, yeah. Um, another one that absolutely deserves conversation is Katie. Katie, which one was Katie? Uh, Katie oh, came Katie in with a special the object. Gift. Yeah, <laughs> she. Yeah, I. Wait, maybe it wasn't Katie. I thought it was Katie, but I don't see. Uh, oh no, it was Katie. It, it, was, yeah, Katie. it was Katie. It was Katie. Um, yeah, it'll, that's so weird. Because how I don't know how would you react <laughs> if that happened? I especially coming from I'd laugh. I would laugh too. I probably would immediately in my mind though identify her as someone who I wouldn't end up with. Probably, but I wouldn't associate it with like. Uh, like I wouldn't say like, oh, she brought that, which we're, we're just going to beat around the bush, uh, on this, uh, item because ABC had to like blur it, blur out. it out. Uh, but I wouldn't associate it with anything like, uh, like too lewd or anything like that. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that like, oh, she's, uh, you know, Oh, a sex crazed person or anything like that. I would, I would take it as a joke. I, yeah, I would I take think, it as an impression maker. I think it for sure is a joke. I just take it as a joke where I'm like, I don't have the guts to ever make a joke like, like that <laughs> sure. on national, on t- national, like, I just don't think we would, company. I don't think we would ever like make it. <laughs> Like, I just don't think that compatibility is there. I mean, we make some, we make some off color jokes on this show sometimes. And that's, this is sort of like national television. No, <laughs> we, like, like Athena watches <laughs> shout out to Athena oh, and all man. of our other geckos. All of our, there. especially there, there is actually a decent following, especially the golden geckos. Those all, of us all who, you golden geckos out there, everyone who's been on the show. You guys, Day are golden, you guys are golden geckos. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, yeah, I thought that it was a bold move 
And I, I think that he thought it was funny and I think it obviously like made her memorable to him. Yeah. I mean, she got a rose. Yeah. So I guess. And then, uh, what did you think about him making Victoria sweat and get the last rose? Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about Victoria for a minute. I think she was the last one that at least stood out to me as like very memorable. Yeah. She, I mean, her and Katie were really the only two that stood out to me in, in the negative sense. Yeah. So we can spend the rest of the time that we're, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, talking about her. She, I think I would run out of the room screaming. I am very surprised she got a rose. I would be hard pressed to think that Matt actually gave her the rose. I think the producers made him give her a rose. I I just don't understand what kind of person when they're going on national television and they say, what's your occupation that they have the guts to say queen. That's my occupation. Do you think they like pressed her and like asked like queen of what? <laughs> no, I think they totally did like, oh, ha ha. But for real. And then and she's she like, no, I'm queen Victoria. And then they met her and they were like, oh yeah, that's going on TV for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That'll play. Do you think she's actually like that? Or do you think this is like a persona she's playing to get the, the airtime? No, I don't know. I, I think that she's probably actually like that. The thing that really did it for me, the nail in the coffin, because I could live with the whole, like I'm the queen and blah, blah, blah. And like, I could deal with all that. But when she uh, sat down and talked with him and, and he was just being very like honest and real and nervous and everything, he's like, you know, and it's like drinking through a fire hose. And she had never heard that expression before. <laughs> and then he explains the expression and she it's just like her eyes gloss over. Like she's just not listening to a word that he says. And he's like, you know, it's like you can't drink out of a fire hose because it's too much at once and all that. And she says, well, I'm the best fire hose. I can make you a drink. And it was like, what? <laughs> Were you listening to him at all? Yeah, like, we rewound it just to hear the interaction <laughs> again. We weren't sure what happened. But it's like she obviously is so full of herself. Totally. That she can't stand to listen to anyone else speak. Not only that, uh, to add to that, but she went and got second time with Matt when there was other girls who hadn't gotten a single time yet. Now, granted, it seems like she has maybe some more power, uh, like Enneagram 8 in her, versus maybe some of the other girls that are more passive, and so maybe there's some of that in play. And so some of that's on the girls that didn't take the initiative. Well, but I but, think some of that is also just respect for other women. Yes, totally. Yeah, and that's where I think it's, I, I get that some women didn't get the time, but I thought it was a bad play to sneak in more time while there were still other women waiting their turn. Oh, yeah, and immediately after, like, asking, like, oh, has everyone had time with her, with Matt? And, you know, a couple of girls are like, no, and she was like, go now. Okay, but seriously, like, when I say now, you have to go now. Okay, What did now. she say? If I said literally one more time, you have to go. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, looking at her, and then the other girl, I don't even remember who it was. <laughs> yeah, she was, I think she got eliminated, but uh, she said. She did, yeah. She was like, uh, I'll, I'll get it was up Amber. when I want to get up. Yeah, like, it was don't Amber. Don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> a nursing student from Costa Mesa, and she was like, uh, I'll get up if I want to get up. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, and then she was like, 
okay, I'll be right back. Like, like and she gets up avoiding and walks away. And then all three of the girls sitting there, it was just like Kit, Amber, laughing. and they yeah. like, seriously, like three seconds go by of them just staring at each other. Like, did this, that did, is that real? Like, did I, did we just all experience that together? That happened. Um, she reminds me of like so many people that I've met before in my life. Uh, that just become like the butt of jokes of that type of a situation. Like Kit, Amber, and whoever else the third woman was, they're going to joke about that every time they see each other for the rest of their lives. Oh, totally. Like, like what she, whatever her name is, Victor, whatever Victoria said, like that'll become the line. That'll be the line for the rest of their life. Every time they see each other, every time they talk, that's just going to be a thing. Uh, and I don't know that I just can't fathom having so little self-awareness. It's, it's honestly kind of sad because <laughs> <laughs> we explain just, we, we see it happen with people where it's like, how do you not know how you come across to other people? Oh, okay. Like, like how do you not know? And, uh, I mean, I'm just talking about like people in like real life, but even these people on TV, it's like, how do you, you have to know, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, are you really that out of touch with just like social norms? Like you have to know how you're coming across to people. Oh yeah, you have to. And, but she doesn't clearly. And, and I don't, I think legitimately I could be wrong, but I, I got to imagine because I, I've never been able to like, I've known plenty of these people. I've talked at, at length with a lot of people like this, but I just can't wrap my head around their headspace. <laughs> but I got to imagine that it's like willful ignorance kind of, you know, that it's like, I, I just choose not to care. I think so. I think they kind of, they must chalk it up to like, well, the way I act has given me success. Right. It's worked out for me all this time. And so why would I change anything about like, no, it kind of chalk it up to like, the, I'm just being myself. Don't, don't, they chalk it up to being real. Yeah. But it's not being real. It's just being rude. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between real and rude. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to to this season, and I think we got to see a little bit of a preview. I think we're going to have quite a fair amount of drama in this oh, season. Oh, totally. And it looks to me, especially with how Matt was with Chris this first episode, I think we're going to have a lot more Uncle Chris in our lives. I think we'll see a lot of Chris Harrison this season. Interesting, too, in the uh, the preview for the rest of the season, it seems like there's going to be some more girls introduced. Right, right. I don't know how they're going to do that. So that happened in this last season with Taisha, but it was because Taisha came in, and they're like, hey, this would be a great time to introduce more guys that were like here for Taisha. So I have no clue how they're going to do that with Matt if they're just going to be one day just like, hey, we're bringing in more girls. Yeah, by the way, here you go. Or if it's going to be that potentially one or two women leave of their own accord, you know, for whatever reason mm. um, that they're just like, Hey, I'm, I'm out, you know, and then they bring in some more women in order to keep the season at its normal length kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see one of them. It seems like has either been on bachelor sh 
shows before or specifically dated Matt before. Oh yeah. They were talking. I, it seemed like she was maybe an ex of yeah. Matt's or someone who had been on bachelor before Matt's friends with a lot of these people and maybe like knows her that she was on the bachelor before, mm. but you know, it could be, but yeah. either way, it's going to be interesting on that. There's going to be for sure some drama. Uh, we've already seen a lot of just the ladies going back and forth with each other around this. A lot of crying from both girls and for Matt. Oh yeah. So there's going to be some stuff. Uh, I'm a little sad that it seems like whatever it is that happens to Matt is going to really make him sad. Yeah, so, it's going to upset him. Uh, it's, a, it's a real bummer because I really wasn't sure about Matt coming into this season. But after this episode, I'm like, oh, I really like him. <laughs> at one point, Scott looks over at me and like something happens and he looks sad or upset. And I was like, you're upset at that? And he was like, now I just really want to protect him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Protect Matt at all costs. <laughs> That's what our fearless leader, Chris Harrison's there for, yeah. though. Come he on, will. Chris. I need you to do it. I know it's already done filming and everything, but we need you to do it. Uh, well, speaking of drama, uh, it's that time in the night for relationship advice. Oh, let's hear it. Uh, so we've been doing this thing for a little while now where we uh, troll... Uh, the relationship advice subreddit and find a recent post. Uh, and this one comes from, um, we're going to say Ayuda. Ayuda? From, yeah. From help. It's uh, throw RA Ayuda one, two, three. So we're just going to say Ayuda. Uh, me and my best friend have been friends since we were six. For that reason, we have a really close friendship. Oh, by the way, this is. Uh, uh, 39 female and best friend is 40 male. Okay. Uh, me and my best friend. So me 39 female and my best friend 40 male have been friends since we were six. For that reason, we have a really close friendship, but that seems to trigger his girlfriends, even though the, there was never something romantically going on between us. I've tried everything for them to like me, like hanging out, trying to include them in plans uh, to see that I'm not a threat to their relationship at all. He met this girl, 26 female. So big age gap. Yeah. 14 years. Yeah. Uh, He met this girl four months ago. Uh, I live in a foreign country and I only visit home once a year. So the only chance we get to hang out is when I'm uh, in my home country. Uh, they went to visit me and my family together at my parents' house, and I thought it went well. He never skips a Christmas visit, and I'm never here on these dates, Christmas, New Year's. So it was strange that he didn't visit at all on those days because he even visited my parents or visits my parents when I'm not home. So I texted him when I was leaving on January 9th and he said that his girlfriend thinks that there's something going on between us and she won't stop arguing with him about it. And she even threatened me on Facebook saying that if she sees another text from me, I'm in trouble and she's going to tell my husband, I've been married for 13 years and have three kids. Uh, she's foreign. That was a end of a, a I was trapped by my syntax. (laughs) (laughs) She's foreign and the relationship is really recent. So she doesn't know me. This all happened because I sent him pictures of me and my kids. Since I don't post on social media, I do like to share pictures and moments directly with my closest family and friends over texts. 
I'm not visiting with my husband over visa issues. Therefore, he's not in the pictures, but they're friends themselves, the best friend and the husband. My best friend introduced me to my husband at some party, presumably over 13 years ago. I don't know how to proceed, really. I don't want to lose my best friend over something so stupid, but this girlfriend won't listen to what I have to say and just gets more and more aggressive toward me and my kids. Update. I did speak with him, but I'll, I'll save the update. We'll talk about this and then I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll read the update. Sorry, I, the sometimes these Reddit posts, like, they're written very poorly, and so I have to, like, read. Edit as you're reading. Edit as I'm yeah. reading, and so sometimes that's a little difficult. All right, so the TLDR is uh, 39 female best friends with male 40, been best friends since they were six. He, She's married with three kids. He's in a new relationship with a somewhat younger woman by 14 years. She's threatened by the best friend. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is upset that she has sent pictures of her and her her kids. Right. And um, he apparently she the girlfriend apparently even threatened the 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 male best friend to the point of he didn't do a normal tradition. Right. As to avoid the best friend. Right. Totally. And so she's wondering how to maneuver the situation. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough. Uh, I I mean, honestly, I think you need to get a sit down with maybe even all three of you guys. Yeah, um, because it seems like uh, your communication directly with the girlfriend isn't getting anywhere. She's um, elevating it in in um, emotion and is uh, apparently saying bad things to you about you and your kids. Uh, and the boyfriend, a best friend is obviously trying to honor both sides. And so to just text him puts him in a bad spot. And so I don't know if, if there's a way for you to, I'm sure there is with social media to get all three of you in the same communication with each other. Yeah. Have a little, uh, have a little zoom call. Yeah. Get on, get on FaceTime with multiple people or whatever it needs to happen. And, and probably your husband. Yeah, like and, the four of you need to and work work through it, um, because if you guys have been best friends for thirty four years, thirty three years, like that's not going away anytime soon, no. especially for a four month relationship with a a woman who's severely underaged. Um, from <laughs> from <laughs> not a minor to be clear, <laughs> fourteen years younger than him. Fourteen years the junior, the junior. Yeah. Yep, but still over eighteen. <laughs> Just for clarity. Uh, yeah, I, that would be my advice. Figure out a way to get the th- the three of you in communication with each other. If for some reason that's not possible, I would guess it's only because the girlfriend isn't accepting it for some reason. In which case, I think you need to be real with your best friend and say like, "Hey, like, it's obvious to me that like she won't allow us to be best friends while she's also dating you." So know that I'm not the one making this call, but she's throwing you into choose me or her. And right. So you need to make that decision. Yeah. Because like, I'm, I'm always going to be your friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's tricky. I mean, honestly, part of me wants to say, you need to have a conversation with your best friend. Like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, yeah. 
Like, cause this does not seem like it's probably a healthy relationship for him. If he, you know, I mean, if he's been visiting your parents while you've for Christmas, well, all these years, even when you're not there, like obviously you and your family are very important to him. And, uh, if, you know, if someone, uh, comes into your life, especially, you know, uh, at this point, somewhat short-term thing. Uh, and it's running your life this much. Like it's not healthy. It's not good. You need to, you probably need to get out of this It's massive red flags for, for the guy, for the, the 40 year old best friend, the guy, um, I, I would consider, I mean, I agree with Scott. I think that his approach is probably the most tactful in order to preserve all relationships. But part of me is like, this guy needs out of this. That's not, that's not a good thing. And also, I mean, the life, uh, plane between 40 and 26, uh, when you're talking about a romantic relationship, the life experience difference there is, is pretty enormous. Yeah. It's a, it's a big gap for sure. I think there's also the possibility now she doesn't see the, the poster, uh, Ayuda doesn't seem to know this if this is the case, but it's possible too, that while she's never experienced anything romantic, maybe he has had feelings for her sure. through those years, which has caused his, uh, maybe it's why he's still only dating people into being 40 is because maybe he's been hung up on her and he has been visiting her family and doing all these things. And maybe this is like the first step towards like even breaking it off, which would make sense as to why he'd be willing to do some of that avoiding. Yeah. After 34 years of being best friends. Cause that seems out of character for a best friend of 34 years without other context. Right. No, I, I, that was a thought that I had too, is that, you know, not necessarily that he had feelings, but that he, he could be, this could be his easy out Mm -hmm. for ending a friendship, uh, and not ending, but, but allowing distance to grow in a friendship. Totally. Um, and you know, part of that is okay. It's natural. Um, 34 years is a long time to be friends for there not to have been natural distancing at some point. Totally. Um, like there were lots of life stage opportunities like junior high, high school, college, marriage, you know, like there were lots of natural moments for there to be distancing happening. So I don't, that doesn't read likely to me. That's just not how like human relationship works. Yeah. Typically. Um, usually at that point, it's sort of set. <laughs> like my people are my people. I'm 30. You're 30. At this point, my people are my people. And it takes a dramatic event for me, even at 30 to change those closest to you. change those yeah. close friends. You know, uh, one of my friends who I've been like super close to for the longest, it's been like 10 years. And like, I could never imagine not being close friends with him. Um, you know, I even have friends that I don't see hardly ever once every couple of years that I don't even talk to a whole lot in between, but every time I see them, it's like, we've always been best friends kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't know, that seems a little weird. Well, let's check the update update. 
I did speak with him, but all I felt was that he's playing the victim, claiming she's been awful to him as well, and even though she had no right to attack me or my family without even knowing us, I can't help but wonder how he's manipulated the situation. She texted me back again saying that I got what I wanted and that she's staying somewhere else because of a huge fight, but I'm just really fed up with the situation. Right now, I don't feel like my friend is to be trusted at all, and I'll just give this friendship a break. My life is nowhere near uh, this kind of drama right now. Um, I think, it, I mean, I think that that's a, a fair, like, it's probably a good move. Yeah, I Given that update, one, it sounds like maybe you guys weren't as close as you guys thought, or maybe you thought. Um, I It seems like your best friend has also had some difficult conversation with her, which is good. Maybe he hasn't chosen uh, her over you. Um, but yeah, I think give it time and let this guy figure out what it is he's trying to do with his life. If he's making bad decisions, I think you still can speak into those things. Mm -hmm. But um, to an extent, you do have to let him make his own bad decisions. Absolutely. That's one of the hardest things for me with my friends. Mm -hmm. Like letting people make bad decisions as evidenced by my advice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, best of luck to you, Ayuda, and uh, your your friend and his 14-year junior girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, well, we, I hope your husband can work out the the visa stuff and you guys can see each other soon. Yeah, that was a weird thing, too. That blows. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, like, glossed over that in my head, uh, trying to, like, restructure Go her sentences. Go through all of her stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, make sure uh, make sure that you shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet if you have any relationship advice in your life or someone else that you just want us to air their dirty laundry. We yeah. won't share names. You can, you can change names, and we also yeah. will not share names. But yeah, if you have uh, adv- uh, advice you're looking for in a certain situation, we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at hello at batchpadpodcast.com. Tweet at us at... Hello, or no, I'm sorry, at Batchpad Podcast. Uh, we'd love to see you tweet at us or DM us. Uh, and we are so excited for another season with all you geckos out there. So have a great new year, and we will see you guys next week as we continue with our new Bachelor. You said bachelor a lot at the end there. Yeah, that's what it's about.